Good afternoon. I am Brad Sykes. Welcome to SWAT Radio. It is my privilege to uh, be behind the mic this afternoon with my co-labor partner, Doug McCary. Doug, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's a Monday, August 15th, and at least I think all schools are starting now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I know my girls went into school last week, and I think uh, St. John's started last week, and I think Duval starts this week. So I was talking to to somebody the other day. Do you remember we didn't go to school? Until September 1st, man. (laughs) Exactly. In fact, I think sometimes it was after, was it Labor Day? Uh, Yeah, I think that's when it started. But now... I mean, it's all whacked up now, man. It's all messed up. They're going to have these kids, you know, 24-7 pretty soon. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I was listening to a guy the other night talk about just everything going on in our country. And, um, oh, by the way, you know, people are just tuning in. So, you know, SWAT radio is Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And a lot of times we uh, take the first quarter uh, segment. Uh, first segment we'll talk about things going on in the world um you know it it is a men's discipleship our focus is on practically applying the truth of god's word and it spawned out of the swap bible studies here in jacksonville florida where we teach uh, expositorily through the scriptures and then just try to help uh explain it in a way i think maybe ezra did or, or or you know uh, when he was tasked to explain to the people so they could keep the word, because uh, from a spiritual perspective with God, his word is everything to us. I mean, his word is his his command to us. Mm-hmm. It's where we find comfort. It's where we find purpose. It's where we find Christ. Without the word, you don't find Christ. Right, right. Uh, and so uh, so we kind of, we just started talking about the uh, things going on in the world, and I just happened to see was watching Victor Davis Hanson. I don't know if you ever watched him. He's a a really smart thinker. But he was talking about how, you know, (laughs) kids used to be uh, fed a lot of progressive ideas, which a lot of times liberal ideology, that's where that spawns out of, Mm -hmm. um, in college. But now it's in kindergarten. Uh, Of course. I mean, now, now they're promoting transgender uh, affirming, you know, all kind of <laughs> uh, pronouns, all kind of LGBTQ, double X, Y, plus, plus, whatever. And um, the thing is that, you know, Lori and I were talking the other day about it that um, I, I can't remember who said it. We heard somebody say it, but it's so true that if you affirm that, and don't speak truth to that you in a name of love that's what a lot of churches and ministries are doing and saying hey we got to be loving Mm -hmm. we don't want to call them out we don't want to you know speak truth to them because that's not loving we've been more evangelized by them than we've evangelized them oh 100 percent yeah i mean and you think about i may have mentioned this a long time ago it's a book it's not a spiritual book it's called uh, the coddling of the American mind. Oh yeah, I, and I, I do is, remember you. I, who I wrote the, that? Do you remember? So it's by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff. Uh, but it, it basically says how good intentions and bad ideas are getting are are setting up a generation for mm. failure, mm. and it essentially is about how the the progressive movement has taken over the university. And you kind of mentioned that it's been in the universities for years. Mm-hmm. But now it's in kindergarten. And the difference between college and kindergarten is at least in college, you can choose which classes you want to sign up for. Mm-hmm. Well, your kids don't get that choice. You don't get that choice other than to speak out. And I tell you, I, I've been greatly encouraged, Doug, over the last six months, really the last year, is to see the, you know, the the people 
we the people stepping up going to school board meetings go to going to city council meetings mm-hmm. and speaking up you've done it yourself just in the last three or four months well uh, and there is more involvement but you know the other thing that is happening is there's a clear dividing line being drawn between people who simply profess a love for god and a mm-hmm. love for jesus and those who were really surrendered to walk in obedience to Jesus. And, and that dividing line, nobody is going to risk their freedom, risk their life, risk their finances, risk their fill-in-the-blank if it's just something you're playing at. Right, right. If you're serious, <clears throat> I mean, if you're serious about your faith, somebody comes up and offers you a million dollars to walk away from Jesus, you're going to do it? What's your price tag? Right. Is it your security for your 401k? Is it your security for your job? Because there have been a lot of decisions for a lot of people in the last couple of years where even in our country, they've had to make a choice. And they said no. And John MacArthur was one of them, the pastor out at Grace to Mm -hmm. You, who said, you know, no, no, Governor Newsom, we're going to assemble and we are going to uh, worship the Lord. And God sovereignly protected them in the same way he protected the people of Israel in Goshen when he struck Egypt yeah. with the plagues. Yeah. I think we forget that. And the the most important thing about our faith is that whatever you believe is at the center of who you are. And it impacts every area of your life. So if your belief is not in a sovereign God, if your belief is not in that you were totally depraved from the time you came into existence on this earth, if your belief isn't that Jesus is the only hope for you to have a changed heart and a changed life, and your belief is not that you you don't have to repent, you don't have mm-hmm. to turn to him, you can just go on living the way you are, then you're destined for life apart from God and his blessing. You and I were talking before we came on the air uh, about putting putting things before the name Christian, you know, uh, gay Christian, yeah. uh, black Christian, white Christian. <laughs> uh, how about cultural Christian? Mm-hmm. You know, many people say you know, they're, they're Christian in culture only. Yeah. Well, culture changes constantly. It does. And I think we, you know, where are the Daniels of our day mm-hmm. who will stand up to the king? Well, you know, and uh, say I'm I'm, I'm not going to bow. John Mark John MacArthur used to uh, refer to those people as carnal Christians, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, th- there's just been such a, a melding together of culture and church that in a lot of churches, it, there's no difference between that church and a country club or that mm-hmm. church and a, a civic organization. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, um, so, you know, for the next four weeks started last week, actually, we're, we're looking at the gospel according to Jesus. And last week we focused on the sovereignty of God in the gospel. The, the, the word gospel means good news. Euangelion. It's, it's, it's the fact that we're not destined for hell with Jesus in our life. He He's the difference maker. But but we have to start with God, and that's what we did last week looking at God's purpose, that we were created by God for an intimate, dependent relationship and a partnership with him. Once we're his, mm-hmm. once we've been uh, changed from the inside out, um, where we honor and glorify him in the world and we put his name on display wherever we go, we're his. We're identified by loyalty to him and by a desire, I distinguish between perfection, but the desire to live an obedient life to mm-hmm. him. Because mm-hmm. we don't always do that. You and I right. are quick to admit that. But but this week we're going to look at our problem. And the problem is is total depravity of man. It's it, man, it, it, it It is that we choose to be self-centered, we choose to be self-righteous. We do. Right. We choose right. to ignore God's rightful place as our ruler 
and his punishment is death and judgment. And we don't like talking about that, especially in this culture. But this week, we're talking about total depravity. Well, we know Scripture says that the the gospel is a a stumbling block. And it may be a stumbling block for some this week, but we're glad you joined us nonetheless. If you want to call us, 844-777-7928. SWAT Radio is a live broadcast. We would love to hear from you. Again, 844-777-7928. You can also email us any questions or comments you have to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, will all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes and Doug McCary, a couple of nobodies coming to you uh, from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Doug, I want to make a quick plug. Uh, today, and today only, I believe, on Truth Radio, uh, they are doing a an all-day, um, I guess, uh, raising funds for a clinic uh, called – the. it's like a pre-born clinic. It's for – uh, women who are in who are pregnant yeah and looking for an option of course we know what that option is the only option is life but they can go to preborn.com and check it out you can also just go to preborn.com uh, you can check it out that's t- on truth radio today uh, they're kind of doing an all-day uh, fundraiser and uh, if you want to give you can uh, go on your phone hit hashtag 250 and then type in baby, and you can give right there if you want. But that's I may come back and hit that again throughout our uh, broadcast today. Go to preborn.com, and you can check that out. Well, Brad, um, I want to go back to this idea of our problem. In the gospel message, as we share the good news with people, uh, let's face it, our world, you don't have to do a whole lot of convincing to people right now that our world is broken. Mm-hmm. They can look around and see it. But we tend to see it through that lens of it's always somebody else. It's always other people, and me included, and you too. I mean, we would acknowledge that. It's just easy for us to go to that place. We choose to be self-centered, self-righteous, and ignore God's rightful place as our ruler. And his punishment for that is death and judgment. Now, Romans, Paul wrote Romans 3, and Romans 3 lays out really the indictment against us of of this total depravity. And um, you and I memorized Romans 3.23 growing up. What does it say? For what? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, we all have sinned. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So as we think about that, we've kind of created a gospel presentation in America now that is very man-centered. 
in, in the view of humanity is this. It's, yeah, man has fallen, but he still has the ability to choose good. I mean, this is the, the, the sure. view that most people share the gospel through. Man seeks truth, but he just doesn't have the right facts. If you can just get him, feed him the right facts, he's going to make a good choice. Man needs love, and I mean mankind, mm-hmm. not just man, men and women, need love, they need help, and they need friendship. That's the gospel that we try to give people, right? right. We, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. We just need forgiveness. We need salvation from the consequences of those self-directed, selfish choices. You know, we need to be rescued from hell, and humanity is basically just sick and ignorant. That is what 90% of the gospel presentations that take place in America to help people who were walking in darkness uh, take that point of view of humanity. But God, in his word, has a very different view. One, man has fallen and will not come to God on his own power. He can't. It's impossible. That's the total depravity we're going to look at this week. His mind is actually against God. Nobody seeks him. And you're going to read that in just a minute when we read Romans 3. We need a new nature, a new mind, heart, and will. You, You texted me today and you said, hey, Let's look at this in the terms of a mind, heart, and will. We need all three of those things, and that only comes through one way, the regeneration of a a heart, a soul. uh, As uh, Ezekiel says, we've got to take the heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. In other words, take the hard heart, make it soft. Man rebels against God. He has a sin nature. It's with him from the time we're born. Your little angel cherubs that are like, five months old, four months old, that you think are innocent, have a sin nature. They are not innocent. They have a sin nature, and and they need reconciliation to God. They need salvation from guilt and the power of sin. You go, but wait a minute, they haven't done anything. I, I tell you right now, have you ever seen a six-month-old who wants something and told he can't have it? Had a couple of those over last night. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and the bottom line is that humanity is dead and lost from God's point of view. And and really what we're talking about is some people call it radical depravity. Some people call it total depravity. But the bottom line is all mankind, men and women, come into the world as sinful beings. And that impacts every area of our life. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be good, that you can't do good things compared to men. But what it means is, compared to God, you're evil. Because if you have just one sinful thought, one selfish thought outside of what God ordains for you to do or something he doesn't want you to do that you choose to do, your independence, then the Bible says you're guilty of every sin, mm-hmm. every one. And that's so hard for you and me. I mean, to look at somebody who's basically, in our eyes, a morally good person, and we go, well, why would God send that person to hell? And why would they say that person is like Adolf Hitler Mm -hmm. as compared to God? Because the comparison is not to humans, it's to God. And he is so holy, and one little sinful thought taints us. You know, I remember, and it's been a couple of years ago, Doug, when we had Greg Gilbert on um, who wrote the book, What is the Gospel?, and I was thinking about, and it was such a, a key, honestly, a key turning point in my own um, walk as it relates to sharing the gospel. Because it, it, as you talked about last week, is that it begins with God. It doesn't begin with man. Mm-hmm. And and we t- again, we tend to want to put God. We pen- want to put man first. We want to put man at the center. As, a, as opposed to God being at the center. Mm-hmm. And it really forces you to recognize God and his purposes. That hey, you know, People say, well, it's not fair that good people are going to go to hell. Well, what, what's fair is that we'd all go to hell. Well, absolutely. And what's the standard that we call them good anyway? Exactly. It's not our standard. Which I know we're going to get into the text 
that well you know, I'm, in fact i'm just going to have you read it right now romans 3 um what did i say 10 or 9 you start at 9 start at verse 9 and go i think it's through 18 yeah right? um yeah romans 3 beginning in verse 9 what then are we jews any better off no not at all for we have already charged that all both jews and greeks are under sin as it is written None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood in their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known there is no fear of god before their eyes how's that going to preach today doug yeah so yeah not going people aren't going to get real excited about that because that's pretty condemning right that is the indictment and what he's saying notice he said in verse 10 as it is written He's talking about the word of God. Do you know, this is not a new thing with Paul. Some people want to dismiss this and say, that's Paul. Do you know where Paul is quoting from? He's quoting from back in Psalms. Mm -hmm. He's quoting uh, back in Psalm 14, Brad. Go to Psalm 14, 1 through 3, and read that real quick. This is God's word, people. This is the word of God as written, I believe, in Psalm 14 through his servant David about God that God wanted preserved. And he says the same thing. Paul's quoting it in Romans mm-hmm. 3. Read Psalm 14, 1 through 3. Well, he does it again in Psalm 53, too. Yeah. But, uh, Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside together. They have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. So every person from Adam to the last man on earth is absolutely ruined by sin nature. Everyone. It's like everyone, and there's no not one. He says that over and over to make sure people understand. You know what I find interesting as I read through the Gospels? Do you know Jesus doesn't really address the whole issue of total depravity because the Jewish people knew it? Mm. He doesn't really talk about it. Now, he does talk about the inside. They, they, they were right. confused. They focused on the external. And in, in Matthew 5, we're going to look at that tomorrow, he talks about the inside is what it's about, not the external. And so... As you just read, I want to point out just a couple of quick things. One, when you read verses 9 through 12, it's talking about the universal nature of sin. And he's talking about in Romans 1, he laid out the case against the Gentiles, Romans 2, the Jews. And and he's, he's really going through and saying that we're all under this curse that came into the world when Adam and Eve sinned, right? Mm -hmm. It, It became passed down. It was a curse. None's righteous, no, not one. It affects every aspect of our being. It affects the way we uh, govern. It affects the way we discipline our children. It affects the way we look at uh, life. It, it affects the way we share the gospel. It affects the way we worship. Our view of total depravity is really important. So you can't just dismiss it and say, well, yeah, I know we're all bad. No. We are cursed. Right. We we are we we are ruined. And if we don't understand that, we're not gonna appreciate what God in his mercy has done. Amen. And that's what's really important. And there's evidences of that corruption, Brad. When we're in traffic and somebody cuts us off. When when Well you had to go there. Yeah, when you? we yeah. get in stress and when we come back, yeah. I want us to kind of talk about those things a little bit. The practical what does this mean, like this total depravity? How do we see it, um, you know, in our everyday lives? And what do we do about it? Yeah, no, we definitely see it. And uh, after you hear this next segment, you may be able to identify with us. Uh, call us at 844-777-7928. 
If you have any comments or questions, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. SWAT. Radio, Brad Sykes, along with Doug McCary. Um, we have been uh, kind of talking about, well, we're we're in the second week of a uh, book study uh, called The Gospel According to Jesus by Dr. John MacArthur. Last week, we uh, spent the entire week talking about God. Yeah. God but- is the central figure in the gospel, mm-hmm. not man. And so this week we're going to be looking at really the problem, and the problem is sin. The problem is us. Yeah, and you know, Brad, we're not really talking about original sin. That's a that is a different topic, really, about Adam and Eve and mm-hmm. the impact. But we're talking about the result of a, a sure, original sin, sure. which is total depravity. And you know what that re- really means is. Um, I think it was R.C. Sproul that said, "Is it's, it's radical corruption." I mean, it, it, it's like cancer in a body. Mm-hmm. When when cancer hits a body, it what does it do? It goes in and corrupts what is supposed to be a good right. thing, <clears throat> and it starts to corrupt in the body. And when when sin came into the world, Adam and Eve, you know, uh, before uh, they they disobeyed God, they had the ability to sin and the ability to not sin. Mm-hmm. But um, after they did what they did, you and I, we have the ability to sin and we're unable to not sin. That's what total depravity right. means. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't like that. Um, you know, it, the, the word total depravity, that's why I think Sproul used total uh total uh, corruption corruption uh but what it really means is that our minds our wills our bodies are all affected by evil we speak sinful words to each other yeah because the sinful part comes out of the heart jesus said it's not what goes in it's what comes out of a man yeah. and we were talking about before the break how you can be listening to praise music <laughs> popping down butler boulevard here in jacksonville or going down I-20 in Meridian, Mississippi, or wherever you are up in Virginia going down the highway, and somebody cuts you off and flips you off for no reason, and all of a sudden you go right out of the spirit, and the flesh goes, and you go, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm not laughing at anybody because I've been there. Yeah. You know, the reality is you're right. I mean, we are we are wrapped in the flesh, and my flesh is – sin is very easy, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for those who are his, sin is very easy, and I, I think when you talk about corruption, I, I actually, yeah, I think depraved and corruption, uh, obviously they're one and the same. But I think even the text that we were looking at there in Romans three, you know, it talks about obviously early on, beginning, beginning in verse nine, well, really ten, eleven, quoting Psalm uh, thirteen. Is it Psalm thirteen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That or no Psalm fourteen, that you know all have turned aside. No one's no one's uh, righteous. No, not one. But then verse thirteen really begins to get descriptive. Well, it gets descriptive about how it affects our relationships. Well, it's and our being. Well, right? I think what I'm saying is when when you think about depravity, it's it's a very descriptive word because people don't like that word. Mm-hmm. I'm not depraved. I'm a good person. And yet he says their throat is an open grave. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Your, your throat ever been an open grave? I, I'm thinking about my mouth mm-hmm. has been an open grave. Uh, they use their tongues to deceive. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, we could stop right there. We could spend the whole day talking about that right there. Well, well, think about what Scripture says, even over in Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. This is a command. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Think about that. I, I, I wrestle with that. When I get angry, I get upset, defensive, um, whether it's with my children, whether it's with Lori, um, all, all of a sudden, because I've lived in this fleshly body, even though my heart is to want to honor God, the the flesh is corrupt. Like Paul says, man, I don't do the things I want right. to do. I do the things I don't want to do. But but what what we're talking about is a pre-conversion uh, being, yeah. somebody who's not had a heart change, they're totally bent to self-will, totally bent to independence from God. It doesn't mean that they may not be religious. It doesn't mean that they may not do moral things. Some of some of the people, I know some people that aren't believers that are far more moral than believers sure. in the way they live their life. Sure. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about this radical corruption that is against God and his standards. And what you brought out in Romans 3, when it talks about their throats, their mouth, that's one evidence of this yeah. in our life. Yeah. It says the venom of asp is under their lips. That's snake, man. Think about that. Yeah. Nobody likes snakes. I hate them. It's a herpetologist, maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a, They're the only ones. Uh, but, I mean, but it goes on to say their feet are swift to shed blood. That means... You know, um, they're murderers. Yeah, that they, they want they want to hurt people. Do you ever feel like that, Brad? When you get oh, yeah. angry? Yeah, I don't like to admit it, but it's true. Now, I may not have the desire to, <laughs> to murder, but even shedding blood, I'd like to pop some people in the lip every once in a while. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, because that will there, shed there, some there blood. There would be something relieving about yeah. the stress in you. But notice what verse eighteen says: "There's no fear of God." That is the key there's there's these people don't fear a creator yeah. who made them they don't feel indebted to a creator and why is this so important for us as believers well think about it um we we like to think we're all pretty good people mm-hmm. and that um you know our needs um our neediness really well i you know i'm not that needy yeah i need jesus i know i need jesus but but I don't need him as bad as Brad. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way we think. Mm-hmm. But how does that impact us? Well, it impacts us in that when we're out in the workplace or when we're out wherever we are, um, this, this feeling of not being as needy, uh, there's something about gratitude. I love, I can't think of the guy's name. You probably know him. He wrote a song called Gratitude, or he does it. Um, Oh gosh, uh, let me think of his name real quick because I know you. Pre- but but it is one of my one of my favorite songs now. Uh, Brandon Lake, Brandon oh, yeah. Lake does it. But it's just when when we when I get upset and I realize I've sinned against Lori or against my kids or against my friends, whoever. God uses the reminder of, do you know where I've brought you from? Yeah. To bring me back to a place of humility that had I had that view before, and it's just so prevalent in our culture that we don't think of ourselves as dead in trespasses, like Paul says in Ephesians 2. We were dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Brad, I had a near-death experience, and my wingman saved me. God used my wingman to lead me to safety. I was so grateful for what he did to him. And I thought, you know, there used to be a program called 911. I don't know if you remember it. I do remember. Where it would show people being rescued. <laughs> right. All those people, when they were rescued, felt such affection for the people that rescued them. Yeah. They didn't even yeah. know some of them. Yeah. And yet God made us and rescued us or offers rescue to us. But we, ha- if we don't think we're needy, yeah, we're going to spurn that rescue attempt. Well, you started off um, this teaching Romans three twenty three for the wages of sin is death, mm-hmm. or no three twenty for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
than six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Listen, if we preached a gospel that showed people from Scripture that the wages of their sin, no matter how big or small it is, is death. It's separation from God. See, we don't want to we don't want to go there because that might offend people. Mm-hmm. But the gospel is offensive. It's a it is as Paul says, a stumbling block. Well, because people have to admit their need. Well, they have to come face to face with their depravity. Yes, and, which leads them to a need that we. I mean, we're sitting here talking about even ourselves who are regenerate struggling with sin. Well, but the difference is now we do have the ability not to sin exactly. by the power of Christ exactly. because we're regenerate. Right. But one of the things that we see in a lot of churches and in a lot of ministries is they go in and they think, you know, oh, Brad over here, he cusses. If I can just get him to watch his tongue, mm-hmm. if I can just modify his behavior – then you know he he he'll be a better person, yeah. and people think that's the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is not behavior modification; right. it's a heart change from the inside out. That's why Vody Bakum one time was speaking about it, and he he talked about going to Angola, which is one of the roughest prisons in the country. You know, mm-hmm. and he met this serial killer, and he said this guy caused him great concern he was very empty very evil and he saw him and he said we we were coming from two completely different places this guy was in solitary 23 hours a day and he said you know what he goes i realized something that day you can you can cage evil by putting him in a jail but we can't change it. It's beyond man's ability to change. God is the only one that can change a heart. That's what he talked about in Jeremiah and in Ezekiel when he says, I want to do a heart change. And it's it's not behavior modification. And so many people, Brad, think about that. That's what they think being a Christian is. I just got to clean up my act. I got to mm-hmm. do this better. But when Jesus comes into your heart, he begins to change you from the inside out. You don't ever get there this side of heaven, do yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. No, that's right. But the whole life is spent, and when we come, being transformed. Yeah, when we come back, I I, I really want us to because you deal with a lot of young men. I want to talk a little bit about our view on this and how important it is, and even in your conversations, mm-hmm. where are guys coming from today? What are you seeing out there? Amen. Hey, glad you joined us today. If you want to call in this last segment, we would love to have you. 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. Uh, we'll also answer any questions you have. Uh, you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ASK at SWATradio.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com.
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes and Doug McCary. Doug, I can't think of a better song to come in <laughs> yeah, brother, because what we're going to talk about, that's Need to Breathe, mm-hmm. a song called Brothers. Boy, go, go back and listen to the, the words of that song, how important that is. We were just talking on the break here mm-hmm. just about the importance of accountability, having having men in your life. And if you're a, a woman out there listening in, how important is it mm-hmm. that you have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ walking life with you yeah well i think you know one thing brad as as we were talking about early in the program that that most of us think yeah you know what we we're flawed we're broken but it's kind of on the edge of our life it's not at the core of our life right and you know i was talking with you in the break about how a lot of guys that i meet with and you too probably um Men want uh, their consequences taken care of instead of realizing they are left wanting, just to use an old term. I mean, they are found, they've been weighed and, and, and they've been found wanting. They, they, they're, they're basically like the serial killer who is so evil that society can't handle him except with God. It, it's eternity, and he either <laughs> banishes you or you're with Jesus. And and so, again, we're talking about a pre-conversion state of utter uh, depravity. It doesn't mean uh, that basically we're, um, I'm sorry, not utter depravity. We're, we're radically uh, depraved. Yeah. And, and we, <clears throat> you know, we're just, we're not as wicked as we could be probably. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that walk around that think they are okay, except they just made a ma- mistake. Right. They just blew it right, right here. Right. Talk a little bit about that yeah. with some of the guys you talked to. I was, th- I was thinking about a, a quote. I can't think of it. It's a local pastor here in town who often says, "You're not a you're not a, a mistake. You're not a person who makes mistake in need of a life coach. You are totally." And, and you could add some other words to it, totally <laughs> yeah. and utterly depraved. Mm-hmm. I think of Jeremiah seventeen nine. the heart is deceitful. Mm-hmm. It's not just deceitful, it's deceitful above all things. Mm-hmm. And it's desperately sick. Heck, you and I are reminded of that as well. And, you know, thinking about, you know, so, so there's two different types of men that I kind of meet with. Um, there are men that are in crisis, you know that they, they they are going through something that they need they need help quickly they need now it's like ER you know and then there are those who need they want they need discipleship as it relates to just their daily walk with Christ and you know I need that you and I benefit from the relationship that we have and you kind of touched on it a little bit ago that this is one of the reasons why when I meet with a guy early on I want to make sure that he understands the gospel mm. because we are we are our churches doug and you know this they are full of men who claim christianity you you kind of touched on it early in the program they profess christ but i like to say they don't possess christ mm-hmm. you know what i mean that, or he doesn't possess them right well exactly <laughs> yeah. i mean they they have the language of a christian yeah they don't have the life of a christian yeah. And so I think there's there's different elements that you get into, um, whether it's a, a man who's struggling with pornography or it's a man who has struggled in adultery. Now, I think they're one and the same. However, one is maybe hidden sin. The other one has been exposed. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, the sin that's been exposed, those men are wanting to get out of jail, mm-hmm. you, you know, the consequences, what is it, the verse that says the wages of sin are death, but it also says the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that big of a sin. It wasn't that big of a deal. Why is she being so hard on me? Why is life so hard? And so I think the issue that I'm looking for is, yes, the understanding of total depravity. But understanding brokenness, 
that so often when we sin, we just want to kind of move through it mm-hmm. rather than deal with it. And, and, and you know, we'd much rather, uh, you know, go around the mountain than go over the mountain. And sometimes that mountain is going to be hard. Well, and we, again, going back to this um, belief for most people, we're we're not that bad. It's just on the core. Of, it's not the core of who we are. It's just we make mistakes every now and then. We don't see ourselves, as Paul said in Ephesians. <laughs> he says we were nature. We were nature objects of wrath. I mean, he said we were by our nature objects of wrath. That mm-hmm. means that when we come into the world, little Johnny, who's born who you think is innocent, you don't teach him how to lie. He lies because he's by nature an object of wrath. And, and you know, he is gratifying the cravings of a sinful nature deep inside when he hits his brother because his brother won't give him something he wants. We are by nature. And so when we think about this in our life, it affects how we treat each other. Right. And we're able to mask it most of the time. But you know where you see it, Brad, a lot is in crisis. Right. You see it under stress. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can remember going through the Marine Corps, guys, we had to do these tests that would be stress-inducing things to test us to see how we responded. And you you would see people completely change and break down, get angry, you know, start going after people. And, you know, even in my life, I can handle some stress better than others. Relational stress, Mm -hmm. I don't do very well. And sometimes when I get to that point that the sin flesh nature wants to cry out, hey, assert your rights, assert Mm -hmm. your rights instead of uh, live like Christ, die to yourself. And as believers, you know, there is sin we can't see. You know, we, we, you and I need wingmen to help us we need each other um to be able to do that but i want to go back to this final thing because we're i know we're running close out of time is how does this impact you and me as we think about our own lives this total depravity this radical depravity well it should make us very grateful yeah Yeah. for what god has done that we would even care to read his word that we would even uh, be chosen by him yeah. to be redeemed by his son because it, it is a it's an unbelievable blessing that he has blessed us with and when we can grasp that perspective i think that's what bonhoeffer got when he was going through what he did you know you can he they could take away his life but what they couldn't take away was his freedom to choose how he was going to finish his life mm-hmm. and uh, and i think for us as believers, when you know how depraved you are, think about Paul, how he finished his life. Well, and and I think you you touched on it earlier that you know this is why God has to be the center of the gospel. That His standards that we 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 aren't you aren't measuring your life against my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not measuring my life against Steve's life. I'm measuring my life against Christ. Mm-hmm. God is holy. I, I think of Psalm 51, that where David says, Have mercy on me, God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out, he says, my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He goes on, he says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me against you. And you only have I sinned. Mm-hmm. Boy, you know, Doug, we tend to look at each other horizontally and say, well, I've sinned against Doug. That may be true, but ultimately, I have sinned against God. I've sinned against a holy God, which only demonstrates the fact that we are depraved. Mm-hmm. We are utterly depraved. I used to tell my kids, Doug, I don't know if you ever did this, but I said, you know, I am the worship leader of our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not a. I, I can't sing a tune and I can't play an instrument. My goal in teaching the Bible is that it would lead you to worship Him. It's not. I don't lead. I don't teach because I want people to know God's Word. Mm-hmm. I do, but ultimately I teach so that they'll worship God. Yeah, and 
And part of that worship, Brad, flows out of the understanding what David said, just to go to what Psalm you were quoting, mm-hmm. Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, yes. and in sin did my mother conceive me. David had a right view of God yeah. as it related to his own brokenness. He didn't blame it on other people. <laughs> he knew he came into the world with a self-centered, self-righteous, ignoring God's place. And when he wrote this psalm, he recognized that that part of his life had taken over. Yeah, I think we got a call. Let him be quick, Steve. Get him on just for a second. We'll get him real quick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got a, one minute. Uh, uh, I think we got a caller. It's right at the end, but we'll take him. <laughs> right? Because this is good stuff right here. We're Absolutely. Okay. Hello? Hey, go ahead. Uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. What's your name? Daniels. Daniel? Would I would you... like to ask you. You got one minute, question Daniel. The... Okay, go ahead. Okay, the question about the, the power of doctors. Could you discuss that? The the power of what? Darkness. The like, power of darkness. The power. Okay. The power of darkness. Uh, evil. You're talking about that. Before we get saved, the Bible says He's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Yes. What type of power did the power of darkness have over us? Oh well, that's uh, quoting uh, quoting First Peter. Yes. Yeah. Before. Before Christ changed us, we were slaves to darkness. Yeah, that's right. Does that make sense? And and I'll tell you what, we'll pick that up tomorrow. Listen tomorrow. When we come back tomorrow on the program, we'll open up with that. That's a that's great, a great one. That's a good a- one. Thanks absolutely. for calling. Thank you for calling. And thank you for tuning in to SWAT Radio. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll dig back into this topic. Doug, good to be with you, brother. You too. All right. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual